Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday night. It is not the usual uh, Sunday night show, but I was trying to work out getting a guest on this weekend or this week. And it didn't work out. It didn't pan out. Um, so I'm just going to do the regular news show. There's plenty of news to talk about anyways, because holy shit, uh, we live in the worst possible alternate reality of Earth. Um, we can thank CERN for that. Or maybe Oak Ridge, uh, where Oak Ridge is now trying to open up a fucking wormhole to another dimension. Um, so, you know, there's that. Uh, this episode is, is fueled by uh, Twisted Tea cocaine and a healthy obsession with cougars so let's get to it yes i'm a loser um let's see let's do the everything that one follow us on all these platforms twitch facebook youtube Podcast, google podcast twitter anchor and spotify james Tollier is Tollier for ky.com t-o-l-l the number four.com that's Tollier for, for uh, kentucky People over politics, people helping people. Go help him out. It's an awesome dude. He does a lot of great work in his community, and he wants to do more at the state level. So go help the man out. Throw him a few bucks. Throw the man some shekels. Toss a coin to your witcher. Uh, Chris By for Alaska's congressman. He's wanting to take the sole house seat in Alaska. Uh, so it's timealaska.com. Go to NollywoodPodcast.com. You can see all the shows, all the episodes, um, all the stuff. You can see the merch, all that good stuff. I like MellyBruno.com, RedemptionTactical.com. Use that link right there. Excuse me. Uh, use that link right there. That lets them know that we sent you. And so go help us out by helping them out. Carden for current.com slash donate. It's timealaska.com. Use the hashtag Chris for AK. Yep. LPVets.com. Because uh, the Veteran Caucus finally has a website. They've joined the 22nd century. Hashtag Anarchy Lube. If you don't know, you don't know. NickSawal.com. Lima for Hayward.us. Don't know that one. Will for OK.com. Uh, because Will is anything, uh, he is okay. Um, he's he's not here. He's in my basement back in Tennessee. That's why I haven't seen him. So, uh, he, but he is okay. So, setorganfree.com. There you go. Do that one too. All right, so we're going to get into the news. And holy shit, it is a insane news cycle. There's that redemption tactical link. Um. I don't even know which one I want to start with because it's just, it's all just stupid. Um, we'll start with the most breaking news first, uh, which I don't know which one it would be, but we'll start with this one. So the Hoover Dam had an explosion today. Um, and by explosion, the transformer just decided it no longer wanted to be together. It wanted to be scattered across the entire atmosphere. It's not a huge deal, but it does mean that, you know, they're going to have to shut down part of the dam and reduce power while they repair the, the, the massive transformer that decided to go nuclear. Um, there is a lot of footage of it. I'm not going to share the footage just because it's, it's just smoke and fire. And at this point, it's not really entertaining. 
but it's a, but so what happened essentially is the thing went up. It decided to go nuclear, and the fire was out before fire crews arrived. So it wasn't a huge deal. It wasn't this massive, you know, end of the world event that people were trying to make it out to be. It was just like every other part of the U.S. A transformer went up, it caught fire, went out, and that was it. Uh, the Bureau of Reclamation, which sound, it is a horrible name. It sounds like a very impressive bureau, even though they're just a part of the uh, Department of Interior, uh, which runs the Hoover Dam, said a transformer caught fire and was extinguished by the Reclamation slash Hoover Fire Brigade around 30 minutes later. There were no injuries or visitors, or uh, there were no injuries to visitors or employees. Uh, Michelle Helms, spokesperson for the Bureau of Reclamation. There's no risk of the power grid and power is still being generated from the powerhouse. We are investigating the cause of the fire and we'll provide additional updates if they're available. So, it's a big nothing burger, but it did make the news. So I forgot to share it. Whatever. It'd be more entertaining if it was the capital and smoke and fire. Yeah, it would be. Um, be. It'd be a lot more entertaining if the capital building had, or the entirety of D.C. had just exploded and caught fire and burnt to the ground with every politician in it. But it didn't. So, you know, uh, yes, a girl can dream. Girls just want to have fun. All right, now, so here's here's some of the dumbest news. And a lot of people fell victim to this today. I've seen online. So AOC, apparently, along with some other insane people, um, staged their own arrest. Yeah, you heard that right. So AOC, so Congresswoman AOC and I believe Ilhan Omar were two of the more notable ones, staged or faked their own arrest. They pretended like they got arrested for blocking traffic. Because even in the United States, Congress people are still above the law, they're above reproach, and they don't have to follow any of the same rules that you and I do. They can just do whatever the fuck they want to do. And then they pretend like their life is so hard by faking getting arrested. So this article comes to you from Newsweek. Uh, video of AOC pretending to be handcuffed viewed over 2 million times. A video of Democratic representative AOC pretending to be handcuffed while being arrested at a protest. On Tuesday, has been viewed over 2 million times on Twitter. Ocasio-Cortez has been vocal about the U.S. Supreme Court's decision on June 24th to overturn Roe v. Wade, which protected the right to abortion in the United States. On Tuesday, at an abortion rights protest outside of the Supreme Court, Ocasio-Cortez was detained for blocking traffic and put her hands behind her back as she was escorted away by a Capitol Police officer, making it appear as though she'd been handcuffed. Videos have circulated showing the incident in the video posted on Twitter by a reporter and contributor for Conservative Think, uh, Conservative Think Tank, the Heritage Douglas Blair. Ocasio Cortez can be seen walking away with her hands behind her back, an officer holding her left arm. But near the video's end, she raises her right fist in the air to support two supporters watching. Uh, another video was posted by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Twitter account that has so far amassed almost 300,000 views. In the tweet, the federal staff running the account wrote that today, Rep. AOC was arrested along with other members of Congress outside the Supreme Court for 
protesting in support of abortion rights. She wasn't arrested. She wasn't even handcuffed. Capitol Police announced that they made a total of 35 arrests at the protest, 17 of which were members of Congress. I, I like how they keep calling it an arrest. We all know what's going to happen at the end of this. These members, these 17 members of Congress, will walk away with no charges. Not a one. They will not do time. They will not do any probation. Whatever. Because the system is designed in such a way that what they just do what they want. They walk away and be done with it. So if you think that this means a damn thing for arresting politicians, it doesn't mean shit. It never has, never will. This isn't the first time someone's been arrested. Um, I mean, we're still waiting on Matt Gates to be indicted and charged formally uh, and, you know, thrown in fucking prison for grooming underage girls at high schools. But yeah, no, no none of them will ever see a, a jail cell. None of them will ever see actual time in a courtroom. What will happen is this will be dragged on, dragged on, dragged on. Eventually, you'll forget about it and it'll never have happened. So that's how this, this whole thing works. Really all it is, um, honestly, all it, all it really, really is, is her, like, they wanted to be, they wanted this competition, right? They wanted this this big headline showing the, how much they care and how much they're with you. That's the end of the day. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about anybody. The only thing they give a shit about is making sure that their war chests are filled and their coffers are padded and that they get to remain in office as long as they want to. She don't give a shit about your rights. She doesn't. She's in Congress. Her rights are, exist and yours don't. She works every single day to make sure your rights don't fucking exist, and hers do. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. It's all theater. And that's why they find these actors. That's why they found a fucking waitress at a restaurant that was struggling, and she won because she's a great actress. She's a better actress than she is an arbiter of rights. There's not a single member in Congress I can think of right now that I would say is a fantastic or amazing arbiter of your human rights. Not a one. Oh, fuck you. None of them. Unless they are willing to burn down the entire establishment, with themselves included, in it, then they're not, they don't care about your rights. None of them care. None of them have and none of them will. It still remains at the end of the day that they're a part of the system that keeps you down, that keeps your rights oppressed, keeps your rights destroyed, and works harder to destroy the next set of rights that they think that you shouldn't have. Whether it's firearm legislation, whether it's the right to abortion, whether it's the right to do whatever you want to on your own property. They work every single day to make sure these things don't exist. So, the only thing I can say about this is, it's unfortunate that they only arrested 17 of them and not almost 400-something of them and threw all of them in prisons forever. Because the greatest crime that they commit every single day is against the American people as a whole, against the rights and the sovereignty of individual Americans. Staying on the abortion topic. So this one is very interesting because I think it, it puts an interesting spin on abortion and the entire dis, uh, abortion discussion. So it comes from, let's see, let's look at some of these. Yeah, they just see small evidence. That's exactly what it is. Um, 
So this article is from ProPublica, and the headline is, Her ex-husband is suing a clinic over the abortion she had four years ago. So the reason I brought this up is because my big push as of the last year, year and a half, whatever you want to call it, has been to restore the rights of fathers in the United States. Fathers have been treated with such disdain and disgusting just vitriol that we have to start pushing back and making sure that fathers have equal rights to children in the United States. It hasn't been that way in a long time, and it needs to be. It takes two people to make a child, and it only takes one to raise one. Um, It typically takes two to raise one properly, according to most studies, but... Um, it doesn't, I'm not even saying it has to be a man and a woman. It could be a man and a man, a woman and a woman. It could be a man and a woman. It could be whatever. Um, I mean, to, to properly raise a child. However, um, it does bring into this idea that can a woman abort a child that is not solely hers? That is the question that I'm proposing. Um, I'm not going to actually pick a side on this. I'm sure you can guess what my opinion will be on it. But um, it, it is an interesting question. It, I think it is a question that we haven't dove into much in the United States. It's always been about my body, my choice. However, you know, when a child is concerned, there are always two people involved. There's a mother and there's a father regarding disregarding whatever you identify with that to be a biological male and a biological woman to produce a child. So it is interesting because the way that abortion is handled currently in the United States, it, the sole decision lies with women. Um, the father is not taken into account in any legislation, any way, shape or form. However, if a child is born, the mother can then take that father for child support, whether he wanted the child or not. So parental rights are twisted heavily in the United States, um, mostly to one side. But we're going to get into this article here, and I think it is interesting. It is an interesting discussion. I don't think that anything productive will ever come out of this discussion. But I do think it is a thing that people do need to keep in mind. Um, it, it is something that if we want to talk about individual rights and parental rights and, you know, the rights of, you know, parents over their children, this is something that needs to be adjusted, which is the rights of fathers because fathers are a huge part of children's lives, boys and girls, um, fatherless households struggle. Anyway, so we're going to get into it. So for four, <clears throat> so for nearly four years after a woman ended a unwanted pregnancy uh, with abortion pills obtained at a, fin- uh, at a Phoenix clinic, she finds herself mired in an ongoing lawsuit over that decision. A judge allowed the woman's ex-husband to establish an estate for the embryo, which had been aborted in its seventh week of development. The ex-husband filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the clinic and his doctors in 2020, alleging that the physicians failed to obtain proper informed consent from the woman as required by Arizona law. Across the U.S., people have sued for negligence in the death of a fetus or embryo in cases where a pregnant person has been killed in a car crash or pregnancy was lost because of an alleged wrongdoing by a physician, but a court action claiming the wrongful death of an aborted embryo or fetus is a more novel strategy, legal experts said. The expert said that the rare tactic could, com- could become more common as anti-abortion groups have signaled their desire to further le- 
to further limit reproductive rights following the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health Organization, which overturned Roe v. Wade, the Arizona lawsuit, and others that may follow could also be an attempt to discourage and intimidate providers and harass plaintiffs, former romantic partners, experts said. Lucinda Finley, a law professor at the University at Buffalo who specializes in tort law and reproductive rights, said the Arizona case is a harbinger of things to come and called it troubling for the future. Finley said she expects state lawmakers and anti-abortion groups to use unprecedented strategies to try to provide or try to, to try to prevent people from traveling to obtain abortions or block them from obtaining information on where to seek one. Perhaps the most extreme example is in Texas, where the Texas Heartbeat Act, signed into law in May 2021 and upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in December, allows private citizens to sue a person who performs their aids in abortion. It's much bigger than these wrongful death suits, Finley said. Uh, Sylvia Tamarkin, president of the National Chamber of Jewish Women's Arizona, which advocates for reproductive rights, said the Arizona lawsuit is a part of a larger agenda that anti-abortion advocates are working towards. It is, it's a lawsuit that appears to be a trial balloon to see how far the attorney and the plaintiff can push the limits of law, the limit of reason, the limit of science and medicine, Tamarkin said. In July 2018, ex-husband Mario Villegas accompanied his then-wife to three medical appointments, a consultation, the abortion, and a follow-up. The woman, who ProPublica is not identifying for privacy reasons, said in a disposition in the wrongful death suit that at the time of the procedure, the two were already talking about obtaining a divorce, which was uh, finalized later that year. We were not happy to get it at all, she said. Villegas, a former Marine from Globe, Arizona, a mining town east of Phoenix, had been married twice before and has other children. He has since moved out of state. I hit a little close to home. <laughs> in a form, in a form his then wife uh, filled out at the clinic, she said she was seeking an abortion because she was not ready to be a parent. In her relationship with Villegas was unstable, according to court records. She also checked the box affirming that I am comfortable with my decision to terminate this pregnancy. The woman declined to speak on record with ProPublica out of fear for her safety. This is a very, very long article. The following year, in 2019, Villegas learned about an Alabama man who had wanted his ex-girlfriend to have an abortion and sued the Alabama Women's Center for Reproductive Alternatives in Huntsville on behalf of an embryo that was aborted at six weeks. To sue on behalf of the embryo, the would-be father, Ryan Magers, went to uh, probate court where he asked the judge to, to appoint him as the personal representative of the state. In probate court, a judge may appoint someone to represent the estate of a person who has died without a will. That representative then has the authority to distribute the estate's assets to beneficiaries. So, essentially what's happened is the would-have-been father is upset about the death of his child. The mother who, or the would-have-been mother, wasn't ready for the child. So, herein lies the question. 
uh, the reason I bring up this article. Who, so does the mother have the authority to override the father's rights of a parent? So does the mother have the sole authority to remove the father from the equation, especially if they're married? Now, legally, uh, two people who are married have the exact same rights to the children or are supposed to have the exact same rights to the children. Um, so with this case, at that time, both individuals were married to each other. So therefore, both individuals would have had the same rights legally to that child. So, with, and I'd love to have somebody on talk about this, because I think it is fairly interesting. It's a, it's, a, it's a concept I don't think many people discuss. But does a mother and a wife have the authority to override a father and a husband and abort a child that she doesn't want that the father may want? Because at that same point, does her right to have the abortion override his right to be a father? These are things that we are going to have to discuss at some point because with, as an anarchist, with government completely out of the way, we're going to have to figure out these things on our own. We're going to have to figure out what we define as uh, rights, what we trump, what rights trump others, because rights will have to trump other rights. Um, your right to free speech will not give you the ability to just speak freely in my, in my house. You can't just come into my house and shout and scream and carry on and expect to be allowed to stay there. I can remove you from the property, so your right to free speech will be removed from the premises. These are things we're going to have to discuss. They're not easy, they're not fun, and they will be messy. But these are things we are going to have to discuss, and these are things that we're going to have to figure out. It's going to be awkward. It's going to suck. It's going to piss a lot of people off, and I don't give a shit, because these are things, if we are dead serious on removing government from our lives, even if you're a status like minarchist, we are going to have to figure these things out because the government will not do it correctly. We know that they won't because they never have. So we need to figure out what rights trump what rights. I am never going to be on board with the idea that mothers have these are the sole arbiters of children. I don't give a shit if she carries the child for 17 months. Mothers are not the arbiters of children. Yes, because they carry the children, they feel more physically attached to children. However, there are plenty of good fathers out there. There are plenty of bad moms out there. You can't just assume that a mother is a fantastic mother. We have to start looking at fathers and mothers equally in the United States again. Uh, I'm not saying that fathers have to have the absolute ability to block an abortion. But there should be you know, this discussion that's had where the father can obtain the... Uh, the, can obtain the sole uh, rights to the child if the mother doesn't want it. I mean, if he was willing to pay for her to, you know, go through the medical procedures to keep the child and then birth it, and then he just wanted to keep the kid, I don't think that's uncalled for. I don't think that's un unreasonable. I don't think that's a violation of her rights. Also, I don't think that forcing her to have the child is necessarily correct either the same way as forcing someone to have an abortion isn't correct either so it is it is it is uh it's tricky very very tricky 
Um, there are people that are more well-versed in this subject than I, who I think would be fantastic to come on the show and discuss it. Um, I may look to do that very soon. Um, but it, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. As a father myself, I can't imagine um, sitting idly by and watching you know, one of my future children get aborted. I personally couldn't do it. Um, I don't know how I would handle it. I don't, I don't imagine my mental health would handle it very well. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very difficult. There are a lot of fathers out there who, or people, a lot of men out there who would have been fathers, who wanted to be fathers, and the mothers took that away from them, took that right away from them, just for the simple fact that either they didn't like the man or they just weren't ready then or whatever, and the fathers or the, the men were totally ready to take on that child, uh, the responsibility of a child, and the mother wasn't. Because, um, you know, hashtag hot girl summer, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Owen is Owen, I guess, but yeah, there's there's plenty of men out there that would love to be fathers, and their ability has been their ability to be fathers has been stripped away. So let's move on. So there's another interesting article coming from the Hill, the news article, not Capitol Hill. Fauci says that he is not going to retire. Shocker. Tyrants never do. Uh, Anthony Fauci, uh, President Biden's chief medical advisor, who was also Trump's chief medical advisor, who was also Obama's chief medical advisor, who was also Bush Jr.'s chief medical advisor, who was also Clinton's chief medical advisor, who was also Bush Sr.'s chief medical advisor. I think maybe one more president. But he's been he's been the chief medical advisor for a very very long time. He's been at that position longer than I've been alive. So I don't I don't understand this this idea that he is this medical you know genius. He hasn't practiced medicine in forty years, if ever. Um, he is very disconnected from the American populace and common issues involving Americans, as we've seen with COVID. As we've seen in the 80s with the AIDS pandemic. Um, but no, he's going to be around for a, a lot longer, unfortunately, because until someone just finally comes out and fires his ass, he's just not going to retire, apparently. So, President Biden's chief medical advisor clarified on Tuesday that he does not plan to retire, though he has been considering when he will step down from his current governmental position. After Politico on Monday published an interview with Fauci 81, in which he said he did not expect to stay on his uh, stay on in his current position by the end of Biden's current term, a frenzy of media speculation arose around the veteran immunologist's potential retirement. Speaking at the Hill's Future of Healthcare Summit, Fauci said definitively that he is not retiring. I'm not going to retire. No, no, I'm not going to retire. I may step down from my current position at some time, Fauci told The Hill, uh, contributing editor Steve Clemens. He said that he had been asked if he would continue working for the federal government if former President Trump won in 2024, uh, presidential election year. Uh, Trump is widely expected to announce his intentions for the 2024 election later this year. I said, uh, in this quote, uh, I said a very innocent but true thing. I said whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden's second term, 
I don't intend to be in my current position on in January of 2025. So he's going to leave this position. He's just going to go do something else. He's not retiring. He's going to do something else. More than likely, it'll be somewhere in the federal government um, still doing his. I don't. I don't see it being a stretch of him heading up the CDC. Because currently, right now, he's at an executive level position. I can totally see him moving into another executive level position, which would be uh, the head of the CDC. I can't remember what the official title is, but um, which would be horrendous and detrimental to health research in the United States because the CDC currently pretends to do good research. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Fauci would absolutely run that shithole into the fucking ground and make all healthcare in the United States horrendous. Moving on, uh, what happens between now and then, I have not decided, but the one thing I do know is that I have other things I want to do in a professional way that I want to have the capability while I still have the energy and the passion to do them. Buddy, you're 80 fucking one. Go home. Do anything else and save us all the time and the money. You are overpaid for the bullshit that you spew every single day. Go home. Why is it we still have all of these ancient relics running the government? We have a guy who is sitting in a very high-level position that has a very um, strong push and pull on medical positions in the United States who is 81 years old. Just because you're old doesn't make you smart. Just because you're old doesn't mean that you're correct. He's 81 years old. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are in their 80s or closing in on their 80s. Why is it we continue to allow people like Mitch McConnell and the Nancy Pelosi's, who are ancient human beings, who haven't walked among average Americans in almost a fucking century, to keep telling us how to live our lives. He's 81. Go home. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi, Mr. Paul, you all need to go to the fucking house. You have no idea what you're talking about. Average Americans can't relate to you because you refuse or don't have the ability to relate to average Americans because you have placed yourselves higher than the average American. You have placed yourself on this pedestal that should not and cannot exist that crushes average American workers. Not even just average American workers, just average Americans. When you build your empire on the bodies of those that you claim to protect, you are no longer, uh, this is no longer a democracy. It is just a, like, it's just, it's just a monarchy that we just vote in every four years. It's a parliamentary monarchy that we, we, Pretended we got away from the birth and we just built a more oppressive system than they could have ever dreamed. <sighs> Fauci, who became the face of the federal government's response to the coronavirus pandemic, has served as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984. 1984. 1984. There are adults alive right now whose parents were born in 84. 
He has previously spoken on his possible resignation in response to calls for him to step down from his critics, particularly Republican lawmakers, critical of his handling of COVID-19. Fauci said his decision to leave his position would not be affected by criticism made of him. You should. You should totally take that into account. Nothing you have said in the last four years has been accurate or truthful. It has all been lies and propaganda for the betterment of our overlords who you worship. Hell, I mean, even Fauci has placed himself on that pedestal at this point. I mean, CNN was running articles about how he's basically a god amongst the men. He does not do this for the science. He does not do this for the betterment of society. He does it for himself and himself alone. This is why he's doing these articles talking about what his future is going to be. Because he wants to advertise now. That way when he makes this big change, all of his worshippers and loyal supporters will follow him and spend tons of money with wherever he goes or give him tons of money for whatever the fuck he wants to do. Simple as that. He's he's, He's campaigning early. He wants to build the war chest for whatever he does. I'm not saying he's going to run for office. I doubt he will. But whatever he's going to go do, he wants to take as much money with him and as much power with him when he goes. That way he can keep this godlike figure that he's built for himself with the likes of CNN and Fox News. Let's see. So here's an interesting one. The Wall Street Journal has an opinion piece out called, Has Biden Lost It? Never had it. So, the subheading is, His presidency's failure rests on a long-standing character flaw. He follows the Democratic Party wherever it goes. Uh, And it goes into a bunch of quotes. Right. So like so much in through the looking glass world of modern politics, the conversation the Democratic Party is having with President Biden was previewed almost verbatim more than 150 years ago by Lewis Carroll. A year and a half into his term, leading Democrats have suddenly discovered that the man they nominated two years ago when he was 77 is old. Holy shit. We are solemnly informed by supposedly reputable news organizations that this realization has come as an unwelcome shock. It's true that politics can be full of surprises. Adversary is almost always the result of unpredictable events. If you're in a charitable mood, you might even say that the Cascading woes as the Democrats have put us through, have put us through in the past year or more, were not all that easily foreseen. We knew Joe Biden was old. Democrats knew Joe Biden was old. They just didn't care. It was more important for them to maintain power than to put up a good candidate. There were much better candidates out there. They knew that. They just didn't care. They knew that Joe Biden would win, so they ran Joe Biden. It wasn't about good candidates. It wasn't about a good campaign. It was about winning and keeping power. It's never about the right thing with them. It's never about good and bad. It's always about us. It's about how can we keep our power? How can we 
triumph over the evil Republicans or the evil Democrats or whatever. It's, it's, we will, Americans will pretend that the worst thing about their candidate doesn't actually exist. They'll pretend every single day. Republicans try to pretend that Trump wasn't a womanizing piece of shit who was absolutely fucking batshit insane. Because Bill Clinton was also a womanizing piece of shit. Turns out, two things can be true. Yes, Bill Clinton was a piece of shit. Also, Donald Trump was a piece of shit. You know who else is a piece of shit? Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a piece of shit. He's just an older piece of shit who has lost every fucking brain cell he has. This man's administration said that you should start riding bikes to save the planet and then proceeds to fall off of a fucking bike on camera in front of the entire world and wants to project strength. We live... I, I, don't, I don't think the writers of, for Marvel, like the people who write movies for Marvel could write a more depressing storyline than this one. We could watch every Marvel character systematically be beheaded by Thanos or whoever the next major villain is going to be. I'm not going to get into that. That would be a good show. And it still wouldn't be as depressing as the reality in which we live. My kids have to grow up in this world that it is more important for a senile old man who can't walk up a flight of steps or ride a bicycle, who runs the largest military on the planet for a country that has the largest GDP ever, and he can't even get a fucking speech out correctly. If there was ever, ever a reason better than, than Joe Biden to end American politics and go back to anarchy, I'd love to hear it. We have a senile old man who has no idea what fucking planet he's on telling you how you should live your life, who is has so much unchecked, unbridled power that he can do whatever the hell he wants to and get away with it. Why? Why are we still pretending like any of this matters? Like any of this is good? I mean, maybe maybe this is the push that we need. Like maybe we, we need to continue having these senile old fucks run the country straight into the ground so more Democrats and Republicans will finally wake up and realize that it's all just a scam. The surge in inflation to a 40-year high certainly wasn't predicted by everyone. Yes, it was. We all said it was going to happen, and nobody listened. Even many so-called experts, uh, nor could every observer uh, apparently see that the way the administration withdrew from Afghanistan would result in catastrophe. We all said it would. You just don't listen. 
We told you Afghanistan was going to be a cluster getting out. We told you inflation was coming at an unprecedented rate because you printed an unprecedented amount of U.S. dollars. We knew this was going to happen. We told you, but you called us conspiracy theorists and crazy people and said to put on our tinfoil hats and go home. Perhaps someone didn't realize that more or less opening the southern border would result in a massive influx of illegal immigrants. And some hopeful souls might have expected Vice President Kamala Harris to be an articulate, thoughtful, effective addition to the government rather than the gibbering deer in the headlights platitude. We told you. We kept trying to tell you that these people are idiots. Kamala Harris was good for one thing and one thing only, checking diversity boxes. That's all she was good at. She was a black female. Boom. Vice presidential pick. Anytime she was asked on the campaign trail, a somewhat hard question, <laughs> she would just laugh and then ignore the question. Or she would repeat the question back to him and then not answer it. That's all she did. She was never a well-spoken individual. She never has been. Yet she might get lucky with a pretty speech here and there. And by pretty, I mean it was well enough that it, like anything that Joe Biden says makes her look good. She was never, she was never fantastic. She wasn't even, I think a lot of people were honestly surprised that he picked her um, for the simple fact that there were much better candidates that checked those same fucking boxes that actually could answer questions and not just like evil Bond villain laugh her way out of things. When she is pushed somewhat to answer a question, she panics. Like, absolute panic mode. It is crisis time when she is pushed into answering questions. And then when she's pushed too much, they just remove her from the situation. They just, like, oh, this is over, we're done. So, either I'm not on the same timeline as I used to be, or these people are completely delusional about everything that's happened over the last three years. Completely delusional. I'm thinking it's the latter. I think more people are just completely disillusioned by what the truth is because they've been lied to for so long that they're used to the lies. They'd much rather have the lies than the truth. But no one, no one was really saying that the Afghan withdrawal was going to be great. No one, no one in good faith was saying the Afghan withdrawal was going to be fantastic. No one in good faith was saying that inflation wasn't going to be monstrous. No one in good faith was not saying that, you know, all the dumb shit that has happened was not going to happen. They told us that COVID policies would be temporary. Two years down the road, they are not temporary. They are still being used in massive ways to reinforce their own policies. But one thing that shouldn't come as a surprise is the passage of time. You can predict that with 100% stone cold certainty that a 77 year old man will be 81 if he lives four more years. Congrats. You can do math. All that propaganda we were sold two years ago about how sharp Mr. Biden was and how he was mentally and physically robust enough for two full terms can't simply be deemed no longer operative because we have realized he is two years further down 
the moral, moral chain. Democrats aren't suddenly alarmed by the discovery of unexpected evidence that pres- that the president is too old for the job. They are alarmed by the discovery of entirely predictable evidence that he is too inept for the job. It's not his advanced age that has Democrats worried. It's his advancing unpopularity. Turns out when you hide someone in a basement during a campaign year, and that's how you win your campaign, there's a reason why his campaign staff hit him in the basement. It wasn't because of COVID. He had some of the best medical experts in the world that were going to take care of him. It's because they realized he's a fucking idiot who would just say dumb shit because he's an idiot. Did we all forget about Corn Pop and the obscene stories about his blonde leg hairs glistening in the sun at a pool? Joe Biden, even in his advanced age, even 10 years ago when he was vice president for Barack Obama, was a blistering idiot. There's a reason why Republicans called him Rambling Joe Biden, because he's a fucking utter moron. He has always been a moron and will continue to be a moron. So this idea that Joe Biden was ever this this magnificent candidate was never true. This idea that Joe Biden, because he's old, is why he's struggling is not true. He was always a shit candidate. He got lucky because he came from a state where the population was so small, no one gave a shit as long as it was a Democrat. The unfortunate reality for the rest of us, as well for Democrats, is that at nearly 80, Mr. Biden is as fit now to be president as he has ever been. Like the old man in Carol's fantasy, Mr. Biden hasn't lost his capabilities because he never had them. His long political career, and we're going to get into exactly what I was just saying, his long political career before the presidency was remarkable for its unremarkability. It is a pretty good indicator of the quality of your political judgment when most of the memorable things you did in your career have subsequently repudiated pro-life votes in the 1970s and later in the 1991 Clarence Thomas and Edith Hill showdown. The 1994 crime bill, the 1996 welfare reform, support for the Iraq war in 2002, his previous uh, abortive presidential campaigns were fittingly forgettable the way stations on this long march to mediocrity. First in 1988 in youthful middle age, then in 2008 when he was old enough for Medicare, his party soundly rejected him. 2008, he lost to Barack Obama, who then picked him as vice president because he picked the old white guy who wasn't going to try and oust him. Yet, fate gave him one last chance at success, one process opportunity to get it all right. In 2020, events conspired in an unlikely way to produce probability the only circumstance uh, to produce probably the only circumstance in which Mr. Biden might prevail. COVID. If we hadn't had COVID lockdowns in 2020, Biden would have probably lost. I'm not pulling for Trump. I'm pulling for neither one of them. I'm pulling for the absolute collapse of all of this. However, this idea that Trump ran a shittier campaign than Joe Biden was untrue. Joe Biden didn't run a campaign. He just let Trump 
run his mouth into the ground and Trump lost it for himself because he's too boisterous and just can't shut the fuck up. He can't shut his own mouth, so here we are. After four years of politics on the verge of a nervous breakdown, the country was plunged into a public health and economic crisis of almost unprecedented severity. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that severe. It, as, we, as it's turned out, it wasn't severe at all. It was just all political propaganda and bullshit. Then far-left activists seized an opportunity to bring chaos and disorder to American cities, and the Democratic Party, embracing the movement, swung hard to the left. Which is actually true. They swung very hard to the left, pushing many Democrats out of the party, into our party, or into the Republicans. Mr. Biden suddenly, for the first time in his career, saw the answer to the most important political question of the moment. All he had to do was renounce the extremism of his party and offer a hyperventilating nation a chance to breathe normally. But he couldn't do it. He had spent a lot of time following where his party leads, and that wasn't going to change. Now, like that old man in the poem, he is, he is, there he is, he is standing on his head in the inverse of what he promised to be of everything the country needs. Joe Biden is a puppet. He has never been in charge. His administration has always pulled the strings. He has never been in charge of himself or those around him. He is just a figurehead for a massive war machine that operates in the background that tells him how to live, breathe, and walk. We've known this for a very long time. Joe Biden is not a front runner. He is a follower. He is whatever they tell him to be. I wouldn't be surprised if documents get leaked out here in the next few years where it basically says that Joe Biden was just doing whatever the DNC was emailing him to do. Like, exactly verbatim. Like, emails saying, push for this policy, push for this policy, go on stage and say this, do this and do that. It would not surprise me one bit. I don't think it should surprise anybody, honestly. Joe Biden hasn't, he's, he's not in control of his own mind, so why can we think that he's in control of his own policy? I know it's not Kamala Harris pulling the strings. A lot of people have accused her of doing it. It's not her either. She's not that competent either. Someone somewhere, some Democrat is pulling all the strings in the White House right now. So to all the Democrats out there and all the left leaners, I ask you, who did you vote for? Because it obviously wasn't Joe Biden. Because he is not running the show. He's not in charge. So who did you vote for? That should be the answer or the question you should be asking yourself is I didn't vote for Joe Biden. Who did I put into power? Simple as that. Democrats are saying that he's not in charge. So who pulls the strings? Who is the puppeteer? Who is the man behind the curtain for the Wizard of Oz reference? Nobody knows at this point. I'm, I'm excited to know. I'm excited to find out who has ruined the last two, three years of American politics. But with that, let's see. Yeah. We're going to feel so mental after a two fucking week. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Harris. It's just an abomination to society or to the species as a whole. 
she should go she should go work at a Catholic church. She spends a lot of time on her knees anyways. I mean, she should spend probably most of her days praying that you know, I mean, she's good on her knees. I'll just put it that way. Anywho, uh, if I don't get canceled, if this entire network doesn't get taken down this week because of this episode, I'll see you Thursday night. Uh, I have a guest scheduled. I can't remember who it is at this moment, but I have a guest scheduled. So we'll we'll do the Thursday night thing. We'll do this once again this week, and we'll have fun doing it. Um, I love to see y'all there, and uh, yeah, good night, good liberty. I love you, and uh, I'll leave. I'll do I'll do something I haven't done in a while. I'll leave with a good piece of advice or uh, you know something hopeful. Um, take time to yourself. There are always people who will be counting on you to do things. There will be someone who always needs you for something. Sometimes you got to take time for yourself. There's been a lot of people in the last month I've been speaking with good friends of mine who have been struggling mentally, who've been just struggling just all over and are needing to take time for themselves. And that's why you've seen certain people disappear off of social media or have receded some from social media or just society as a whole. Those people deserve it. These are people that are going through extreme issues right now that just they're dealing with in their own way um so take time for yourself don't feel bad about it don't feel bad about telling people no don't feel bad about telling people that you can't do something this weekend sometimes you just got to say no and do your own thing and do what's right for yourself your mental health because those around you those closest to you need you there for your mental health and for you to be completely there so do it for them do it for yourselves and uh i love you good night Good liberty and good news.